Welcome to this episode of The Game, and I have a very special guest with me, Matt, from One-on-One Sports, as you're famously known. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So this is basically One-on-One Uncensored. I talked to Matt beforehand, and I guess that's what we're going to call it. But uh, So what what sports news have been standing out to you lately, Matt? Because this is just kind of like a freewheeling discussion that we can just kind of take wherever we want. I mean, the most recent thing is obviously Josh Gordon to the Patriots because, oh, God. oh, you know, why why give Tom Brady more weapons, right? He's, yeah, why do that? It's not like he needs it. It was just so <laughs> confusing because he comes to Cleveland and he's like, this is the year I'm dedicated, suspension's over, but he's hurt. All right, fine. He gets healthy, quote unquote healthy. Sure. Now he has this. He showed up to the facility. I don't even know. He was... They said he might have been under the influence. They I don't, don't know. know what he was on. And, and next thing you know, he's like either being cut. I reports said he was cut. That's and what then I heard. Reports yeah. that he wasn't cut. ESPN said that like, oh, they're gonna part ways with him. But Literally, I guess Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, who are the two people I trust most with NFL news, exactly. said he was cut. And yeah, but it, it's shocking. But I'm not surprised. And what the, the the Browns are only getting a fifth round pick for this? The Br- the Browns. I mean, the Browns. They just. I mean, I have to get something because I just feel like. Josh Gordon wasn't going to work out, but he has potential to be a first-round talent for Tom Brady, who has turned Austin Carr in previous years, yeah. the likes of Austin Carr, into Pro Bowl. Chris Hogan. Yeah, exactly. He was a lacrosse player. And you add this to Gronk. You add this to Edelman coming off a of suspension soon. Like, the Patriots are going to be good, there if not already. Yeah, man. And Ian Rappaport called Brady, uh, called Josh Gordon Brady's most talented weapon since Randy Moss. What do you think of that? Most talented. Um, Most talented. I'm going to disagree just because of Gronk. I'll say most talented receiver. I, I, I agree with I that because he, he has the size and the speed, not necessarily the jumping ability because nobody had the jumping ability of Randy Moss, but just in terms of like a receiver that he can trust to just catch a ball when you throw it up, and obviously that's what Gronk does, but just a receiver, I agree. Yeah, he's a he Randy Moss type really player. He doesn't really have a – well, he has a deep threat in Hogan, and he has a reliable kind of clutch player like Edelman, but I don't think anyone on the current – Patriots roster receiving wise can give you the depth that Josh Gordon can so that's where I say like I agree I mean just look at who they cut to make room for him Corey Coleman like that's an obvious upgrade because Corey Coleman didn't even play for them he saw on the roster for I think a week the Pats had Corey Coleman yeah yeah exactly what exactly yeah he was cut by the Browns who knows long long ago bounced around teams never played for the Pats but they signed him ironically yeah so Brown's gonna Browns, dude. I hate to say it. I know. I know some of the people we work with don't like to hear that, but it, it's true. Like they find a way to tie in Week One. But like, that's fine because it's Pittsburgh, and I hate them. So yeah, but know, they should have won I can that show game. My bias they should be two and zero. They should be. And what Zane Gonzalez? Can we talk about him for a second on the subject of the Browns? We were talking off air. Uh, who is this guy? I mean, Zane Gonzalez. For all I care, is fine. Like it's I not. I don't blame him. him. What I saw was that he came into this game against New Orleans with an injury, some kind of groin injury, and then Hugh Jackson sent him out there to kick four extra points and two field goals, or maybe other way around. Either way, he missed all but two of those kicks. And my question is, if you're Hugh Jackson and you know that, why do you send him out there? Why don't you sign somebody? Why don't you send out your punter? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you just go for it? If you know your kicker's hurt, and maybe he didn't. Because they're the Browns. If he didn't know they were hurt, <laughs> it's a whole nother question and a whole nother problem if he didn't know that Zane Gonzalez was hurt. Allegedly. 
yeah, allegedly Pat McAfee, they should sign him. Oh, my God. Um, but Pat McAfee, he's doing his own thing. I don't think he wants back into football. He's doing what we're doing right now. And, yeah, exactly. And making money off of it, nevertheless. Sorry, I don't make money off of this, shockingly. Yet. I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, um, anyway. I'm, I'm paying Matt for this. But um, Zane Gonzalez cut today, actually. So that's that's very shocking, but I'm not surprised. But who do you think the Browns should go after? Because now Dan Bailey's off the market. But who do you think the Browns should go for? I have to see a full list of the available kickers. The ones I remember are Roberto Aguayo, who for some reason was a stud at Florida State and just could not keep it together Completely in Tampa shat Bay. Completely at Tampa. He spent some time with uh, the Chargers in preseason. Didn't even make their roster because they still have Josh Lambeau. That's the only one I know off the top of my Dan head. Dan Carpenter? Who's he playing for now? Dan Carpenter. Is he on a team? I know I, he I don't last know. played for the – Bills and or Dolphins. He never left that conference. Yeah, I don't know who else you, you – Billy Condiff? Billy Condiff's on the market. It, honestly, <laughs> Dan Bailey was the option, and Minnesota beat them to it, which rightly so because their, their yeah. kicker also cost them a win. They, they had their own win cost, and now we have two ties in a row, The thing I, saw, I don't though, think has ever happened. I don't think so. The thing I saw with someone tweeted is that the weakest position for Minnesota was kicker, and now that's gone. So – because Dan Bailey, before he got cut, I don't think there was anything wrong with Dan Bailey. I thought he was one of the best kickers in the league consistently. So, And he had several offers. Why. I think he just turned them down, whether that was money, team-related, whatever. But I guess Minnesota stuck, and they're definitely a contender, so I can't blame, knock him for that. Yeah, th- that was like a, a tooth-and-nail game down to the wire. I couldn't tell you who, who was going to win that one. I picked the Vikings to cover the spread, and they did, thankfully. But uh, So if I bet money on that, I would have won, thankfully. But at the same time, you do need like someone, regardless of position, who can give you those clutch moments, you know? Absolutely, because you know people say kicking is one of the easier jobs, and that may be in terms of just like like physical ability, but kicking's not easy, and it's one no. of the more important jobs. Because you, know, you see Adam Vinatieri, he's the leading point scorer in NFL history. Not for nothing, because he has no. a lot of big kicks. And he's trust him. 40 something years exactly. old. Exactly. And exactly. he's good. They they tried to get him to do I think it was like a 55 yarder and he missed it by this much, but at 40 years old, that that's a remarkable feat of your own that you have that much trust in Vinatieri still in his golden years. So, definitely the Vikings need to find someone like that and they did in Dan Bailey, still reliable, still a lot of gas left in the tank, but um and we're going to touch on this in on one on one, but Vontae Davis retired in the middle of of a game. I watched what? first first take this morning and I got some good points from uh what Victor Cruz was on there, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, obviously. I don't find it obviously it's disrespectful. It's I know he maybe he said he didn't mean it. I'll I'll believe him for I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But what do you have to go through as a player to realize because he said he realized at halftime he said, I can't do this anymore. I don't have it. Like like what did you go yeah, through? What happened? Like he, he didn't We're facing get, the Chargers. He didn't get ridiculously burnt. Like obviously the Bills are terrible, so I can see how that would weigh on oh, somebody. They're, they're garbage. Which I, on another point is going to ruin Josh Allen's NFL career because he's not ready and mm-hmm. he's having to start. But back to Vontae Davis, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Two-timer. Colts. Two timer for the Colts, and and just like that, he he's like twenty nine. He went to, he went to Miami, didn't do anything, but he still has a lot of potential there. And the Bills need weapons on secondary, and Vontae Davis was one of those, you know veterans well even if you could call him a veteran but he still was a presence in the locker room i could imagine and now he's gone who else yeah, do you have in that secondary one of their linebackers um levante david or something like that after the game was just saying did he say anything to you and he said no nope. he just he just left with street clothes 
And then Stephen A. Smith said, "Well, if you see him in the parking lot," and he was like, "No, he was not there. Like he was, he, he booked, he was home. Like he, he and I he saw might have had this premeditated for all we know. It's, honestly, that that might be even worse. We could think about that. For you a don't tell bit. anybody. I think he told the coach, Sean but McDermott. It's one point to be like, I hey, look, I understand like that this team can do better. So maybe move me around or just let me sit Trade out the game me or like, something. Yeah, bench me. He just Cut retired." Me. And they gave him, I think they gave him a roster exemption. I saw that a few minutes ago, which is good. But I, they still gave him $5 million for a year, and now that money's going down the drain. So everyone what, on the what Bills, happened? Everyone on the Bills it? roster is a waste of money. That, I can't Except for LaShawn McCoy, who now has two cracked ribs. Yeah, very, very hurt LaShawn McCoy. And you, you, you lost Sammy Watkins. You lost Robert Woods. So you don't really have anyone. You have Traded Tyrod Taylor, Benjamin, I guess. I, I don't who, know. Who but. was in his prime in his rookie season, unfortunately. <laughs> Sadly, but um, this ties into something that I wanted to talk about. Shocking moments from week two. We could talk Vontae Davis. We could talk um, the the Packers and the Vikings tying. But for me, it's the Browns' failure to close a game. I have one too, but we'll talk about that for a moment. I just I feel like the Saints. The Saints are such a weird team because you look at their team: Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Benjamin Watson. When they have offensive weapons out the wazoo. Drew Brees is a top-flight quarterback. Alvin Kamara will be an excellent running back. He is already is. He's a staple in everybody's fantasy football leagues, too, and, because he can perform. And you watch the game, and first of all, nothing was happening, which is a, no. typical for a Browns game, but it just seemed the Saints like weren't even interested until the second half. Wasn't it 12-3 to at halftime or something like yeah. that? I just and got then, a big pop there, but that's okay. <laughs> and then in the fourth quarter, Drew Brees throws two touchdowns, and then all of a sudden the Browns just forget how to play football. Yeah, and thankfully, like always do. it should have been a tie, but Will, Will Lutz is actually a decent kicker, and that's why the Saints won. Yeah. And so, honestly, I understand. I, I, I don't understand why Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson keeps getting the benefit of the doubt. He's been their coach now for what's his fourth season, I third season. I think it's season. three or four. He, he's, he has, not only does he not have a winning record, he barely has any wins. He has no. like He's like three and 40, something yeah, like that. Yeah, at the past... Two years combined, he's won. And, and like every 31. season, they say, well, this happened, so it's not his fault. This happened, so it's not his fault. When at is it going to be his fault? Exactly. At what point do you say, this is Hugh Jackson? And I he know you has can, talent. He does. It, he has some talent. Some and, talent. But not. he has a talent to the point where they're not a playoff team, but I think they should not be going O in whatever they're exactly. going to go until they, they win. They shouldn't go O, O, and or like, you know. 0-1 and 7 or anything or 0-7 and 1 rather because yeah. I think on the defensive front you have some playmakers obviously Miles Garrett has probably the most potential out of de- any defensive player in the league I think and you have what TJ Ward they drafted or yeah uh, Denzel Ward Denzel, from Ohio State TJ yep. Ward's on Denver but uh, Denzel Ward and on the offensive front you have Kirksey as well Jamie Collins still and Jimmy Collins all, led the league in sacks last year. They all have potential. It's just Hugh Jackson and you know Todd Haley or Greg Williams. There's there's some miscommunication going on there too. And I know you didn't watch Hard Knocks, but they kind of explored that as well. Greg Williams and Todd Haley got in a little bit of a bickering fight. And Todd Haley's someone on the offensive side who knows what they're doing. He's been with the Steelers. He's won a ring with them. But at the same time, 
it, it's it's just not clicking. Tyrod by no means is a bad quarterback. Carlos Hyde is fantastic. Under him, Bradley Chubb's really good too. But also, you have Jarvis Landry, and now you just lost lost Josh Gordon, who's who's going to be your next receiver. Yeah, you throw into that that Duke Johnson was their leading receiver last year, so you know he's a good weapon. Um, Bradley Chubb plays for the Broncos. Nick yeah, Chubb, wrong guy. Is a Nick Chubb. I think they're cousins. As a, a solid rookie running back, and you mentioned Matt, it. What would I do? Josh Gordon's you? gone, but Jarvis Landry <laughs> is a great weapon. David Njoku is a very good tight end. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know who else you're going to have once you have Gordon leave. Someone's got to step up and fill that slot Someone. role for receiver. But also, my problem is so many people are saying, well, Baker Mayfield would have won game, game two. No, he wouldn't. Have. Skip Bayless said that. And well, Skip there's Bayless. a long we line of stuff with Skip Bayless anything he says has seriously. problems with. But Tyrod Taylor is not a bad quarterback. You look at his stats, even through two games, even through last year with Buffalo, he's not going to round you, but he's probably not going to make any Pro Bowl, especially not with Cleveland. No, and that's fine. But do you think throwing a rookie quarterback who has two months, three months of NFL experience in, in the third game of the season is going to solve the fire. that? And the Saints Absolutely don't not. have a bad defense by any means either. They're, they're, they're competitive, let alone they gave up 48 points to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we can also get into. But, again, it just goes back to me. Something's not clicking for Cleveland right here, and it's it's not any one particular player's fault. And I know back, in, back when uh, Buffalo benched Tyrod halfway through the year, everyone was like, what the hell are you doing? And if you bench him again and you bring in Baker, while I'm sure that'll give you a lot of mainstream buzz and it'll make Baker a huge star – even more than he already is, it's going to be another knee-jerk, what-the-hell-are-you-doing reaction. It seems to be that Tyrod Taylor's potential only comes out when there's you know, substitutions involved. You look at he was in Baltimore. When they put him in in Wildcats and other situations when Joe Flacco wasn't in, we realized how one, how fast he was, yeah. and how good he was, because he was a Virginia Tech guy. He reminded a lot of people of Michael Vick, which exactly. he should have. Yeah. And then he went to Buffalo, and they didn't realize until they benched him for Nathan Peterman, who threw four picks and a half. That Tyrod Taylor is not that bad. No. And now you're going to bench you for Baker Mayfield and realize, once again, Tyrod Taylor is not that bad. Exactly. And then he's going to go to somewhere else who needs it probably. But it's a waste if you're the Cleveland Browns. And can we move into Ryan Fitzpatrick? What is going on, dude? I think it's the beard. I think he gets his powers from the beard. How long has he had the beard, though? Like, consistently? Well, you know, it's the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle. And you've probably seen this on Twitter. (laughs) You get a backup job, right? Yeah. Quarterback in front of you is hurt, suspended, or otherwise, whatever. You start, fantastic, you get paid, you suck, you get traded to a team, you're backup. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like that's going to happen because you said, okay, game one, Saints defense is skept- you know, skeptical occasionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he does it against the Philly Eagles who have a good defense. They have a very good defense. He bopped him. He threw 350 yards and four touchdowns. What, is he on eight touchdowns this year or yeah, and, something like that? And only Ridiculous. Pat Mahomes, who's a whole other situation in Kansas City, has even come close oh to that. Oh, my God, I love him. But um, with with Ryan Fitzpatrick, too, him and Deshaun Jackson is a connection I like to see. Yeah, Jameis Winston throws the ball to two people, and that's Mike Evans and O.J. Howard, which is fine because those are his top weapons. And and they're talented. It seems as though he forgets that Deshaun Jackson was once the fastest player in the NFL. Exactly. Remember that 100-and-something punt return, yard punt return that won the game for the Eagles? I remember the the Giants were playing the Eagles, and literally don't (laughs) kick to him, and you win. Exactly. Kick Kick it anywhere else. So it has a special place in my heart. Never, never, you know, it's underestimate a little bit Deshaun bitter Jackson. For you, no, matter, <laughs> no matter how short he is, he is fast. He has good hands. He's reliable. And that's, as, a, as someone coming into a new team like Fitzpatrick and a new offense, which is his team, maybe isn't his team, we'll, no, we'll see when Jameis comes back. That's who you need, someone you can just throw it up to and we'll go get it. I texted you this. I said, if Ryan Fitzpatrick keeps playing like this, Jameis Winston will be the face of the XFL. What do you think about that? I think his personality fits the XFL because he keeps sitting suspended and at some Eating point. Dubs. 
I honestly think if he loses this job in Tampa Bay and they say, we'll cut you, we'll give you a chance to sign somewhere else, he's not going to end up with a starting job. No, he's not going to end up anywhere in the NFL, I don't think, because he doesn't show upside like Teddy Bridgewater when, when they traded him to the Saints. He isn't reliable in clutch moments, and I don't think there's any place for him in the NFL if he doesn't make the Bucks team, because he does have talent, and I don't want to deny him of that. He was, he was a top-five pick for a reason. But at the same time, how much can you rely on him? And if the Fitzpatrick method keeps working, like you said, why bring him back? Exactly. Or I keep him d- under I just think that he hasn't shown the maturity to lead a team. And that's what Tampa Bay needs, a mature leader who is going to joke with the guys, who's going to lead the locker room, who's been to a bunch of teams. He's a journeyman, essentially, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Also, don't forget, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Exactly. <laughs> the picture I saw, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted, it was him at Harvard and him today. And it was just crazy because it looks like this like normal like Harvard looking guy who no beard, short hair, which yeah, yeah short hair, but like he yeah. was like a no nonsense guy. And here he was, may or may not have been wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes at the press conference, oh, joking with the around. chains and stuff. That yeah. was great. That was phenomenal. He was hilarious. Like he had the like I'm the captain now look. Like he said, I am Connor McGregor. I am everyone I love it. that you want me to be. Because I just threw four touchdowns and I beat the defending Super Bowl and, champs. And wherever else Ryan Fitzpatrick has been, he hasn't been terrible. With the Jets, he led them to a close to 500 record. Houston, when was it? That was Tom Savage. But when Houston and Ryan Fitzpatrick, they were making moves at least. And he's reliable. He's more reliable than Josh McCown. And I like to put them in the same category as just, you know, these kind of flex quarterbacks who can go whenever. And if your quarterback goes down, you can rely on him to at least win you one, two, three games. In the pre LaShawn McCoy uh, Bills era, Ryan Fitzpatrick was their oh my fran- God, franchise I quarterback. About that. He was their franchise quarterback. And obviously, he's not. He wasn't consistently good enough. The Bills team wasn't consistently no. good enough to keep him that way. And eventually he went to the Jets to get a I backup job. I think he got job. a win over Brady once, though. I'm Honestly, like he, he has could've. been him. He, there's nothing at this point that I would feel comfortable saying Ryan Fitzpatrick can't do. But I think he looks like he gives a shit now, and that's the biggest point. He has a good team around him, too. Tampa Bay was projected to finish last in their division, which they should because the Saints looked good. You know, The Falcons, the Falcons still look good. make the playoffs every year. And yeah. then the Panthers... When Cam has had his head on straight, they've been really good. Yeah, and now they have McCaffrey, too. Exactly. McCaffrey looks good. Their defense was good before injuries. And now the Buccaneers are here like, hey, hey, we're 2-0. You guys aren't. (laughs) We're just chilling by the beach in Florida. I don't know what you guys are doing. Ryan Fitzpatrick's wearing gold chains. It's the end of the world. The Saints are 1-1. The Falcons are 2-0. 1-1. And the Panthers are also 1-1. Oh, so they're the leaders in the division right now. Every, you know... Falcons and Saints both lost week one, bounced back week two. Can't, Panthers I'm concerned about, but I... I don't think you should be too concerned because Cam's still playing well. And while he did, like, he suffered a little injury against Atlanta, but he's going to be back, and he's figuring out his offense now. And he has Torrey Smith, too, which is not a bad addition by any means, so it just gives him more depth. But to be completely honest, I forgot the Saints and the Bucks were in the same division until this discussion. The last honestly. thing I'll say about the Bucks is that who would have thought the last or the first... Win or not undefeated team in Florida would have been the Jags. The no. Dolphins and the Buccaneers are two and zero, and the Jags aren't. Exactly. Who who knows? But um, we'll go to week. I don't know. The Jags are two and zero. The Jags are two. They beat the Giants they? and the Patriots. They did. How does that feel, Matt? Just I mean just for the ja- for the Jaguars. We'll get into the Giants later, but you know it's interesting because they beat a Giants team that looked pathetic this past week by five, and then they smacked the Patriots. Yeah. In. In New England. I did not so. think that was going to happen because I don't buy into the myth that Belichick doesn't play well in September. I know the numbers say otherwise, 
but you can't really quantify it that much, I don't think. And I don't think there's any disarray or any more disarray than there was last time, last year this time in September between the Pats. But I did not expect Jacksonville to just go off like this. What, Cole? What, what, whatever his name is. Cole on Jacksonville had that spectacular one-handed catch. Yeah, Blake Bortles looked, yeah. Yeah, Blake Bortles looked like a <laughs> god. Like the sky's falling. Every down. time Blake, Blake Bortles, Bortles does oh this, people jump on the hype train and people don't. And I never do. I never do. But either. He looked really good. Yeah, I mean Blake Bortles is beating the Patriots. Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna fucking lead the Bucks to the promised land. It's it's Armageddon, dude. I don't know. But um, we'll move to some week three previews and some of the games that are standing out to me. Obviously, Thursday night football, the Jets and Cleveland. What do you think about Sam Darnold's performance so far in the league? So the Jets are one and one, right? Because yep. they somehow beat the Dolphins or they beat the Lions, they lost beat the to the Lions. Dolphins. Yep. Sam Darnold looked pretty good. And I think from the moment that they said he's going to be our starter, we said, okay, now it's time to see what he okay, can do. Okay, good luck. Because Josh McCown is a solid starter, probably could have gotten them to eight and eight on the year, and then you... Moved to Darnold next year, but nope, they're ready nope. right now. And he looked pretty good week one. I haven't gotten a chance to check out the highlights from their week two loss yet. No, because it was 20 to 6 or something yeah, like and that. The Dolphins, again, the Dolphins, but <laughs> Dolphins gonna Sam Dolphins. Darnold could have gone one, could have gone two, went three, and I think this is the best scenario for him. Because you go one, you're in a Baker Mayfield type situation where everything, everyone's calling for you to come in when you're maybe not ready. Also, it's yeah. the Browns, which seems to just be a graveyard for quarterbacks. Oh my God! You you go twenty two, in the last twenty years, and at Chris like Collinsworth, that. who I know a lot of people don't like, but he said this last night in the Giants game. If the Giants pick Darnold, he just sits there behind Manning until for Manning's ready to retire, because they're not going to bench Eli Manning because no. that's just not what New York is about. And you, New York you has saw a what team, happened last time they benched Eli. Yeah, and up until last night. Everyone thought New York's going to team that's going to win now. So why would you start Darnold? So then Darnold just loses three, two, three years of his career. But the Jets, they got nothing to lose. No. They were terrible last year. They're in a division with New England. They got to be all hands on deck. Yeah. Apparently the Dolphins are good too. They obviously they won't. You know they're going to beat the Bills because everyone's going to yeah, beat the Bills. Everyone's going to beat them. But I think Sam Darnold has a great situation. He doesn't have the best weapons in New Jer- in New York, playing New Jersey. Yeah. Um, same difference. But there were some people. On the Sorry, Monday night Evan. game against the Lions that looked like they'd be reliable for him. Quincy Anunwa always comes out of the woodwork and does well. Robbie Anderson is yeah, fast. Yeah, I was going to say Robbie Anderson's amazing so far. Yeah, and then they also added, I think they Belial still have Powell. Bilal Powell, and I think they had another running back. Um, um, Isaiah Crowell. Yes, Isaiah yeah. Crowell, who is not bad. He just no. has been stifled by lack of opportunity. But that's why you have him and Powell switch off sometimes, you know? Yeah. Darnold, all right, hot take time. Ha- have Sam a Darnold will be the most successful quarterback out of this class you took the words out of my mouth because i said before the draft if anyone in this draft class is ready to start right now it wasn't going to be rosen because he's going to sit a year behind bradford if that yeah it's not going to be baker because he'll just be thrown into the fire and you know get burned it's not going to be josh allen because he's trash it's going to be sam darnold i don't think i don't think the browns should have taken him i'm glad the browns didn't take him i think new york's a good environment where he'll have enough competition but also enough time to like you know warm up to his his team and soften up some of the other division rivals, i.e. Miami and Buffalo. So I think Darnold, I agree with you. He's going to be the most productive, at least this year. I originally ranked floor to ceiling or highest floor. I gave Josh Allen one, Baker Mayfield two, Darnold, Rosen, Jackson. You know, uh, Lamar, we can, he's in his own thing. But you look at Josh Allen 
And if he's thrust into a place in Buffalo where he has no room to, honestly, little room to improve because he just has, doesn't have the weapons and like the coaching scheme around him, you look at Rosen. Yeah. When Bradford gets hurt, the Cardinals look bad. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals, the look, Cardinals look. They re- lost like by bottom forty five to the team. forty to zero to the Rams. Bottom five team. Which I don't know what happened there because David Johnson's still a good running back. They had a good defense. Larry Fitzgerald still has something. They had left a good in the defense tank. two weeks ago. Sam Bradford's good. Yeah, and the only player they really lost from their core on offense was John Brown, who, who went to the Ravens. Is fast and but, is great, <laughs> but wasn't their one receiver. No, he was a two or three. And you look at Sam Darnold and. He's, he's Fireman Ed's out of retirement. Fireman Ed is back. He's he's excited. <laughs> you know, if Fireman Ed's out of retirement, if you're the doing Jets something lose right. the rest of their games and go one and fifteen, Sam Darnold, it's not his fault. No, it's not his fault at all. But um, yeah, I was gonna bring up Josh Allen and Peterman. It's kind of like the worst of two evils, isn't it? Yeah, I the lesser of two evils. Right I don't now. know. You can't tell you exactly what they got in the Tyrod trade, but it, it couldn't have been worth it. No, Baker has the Baker Mayfield has the fortunate circumstance of learning behind somebody who is a veteran quarterback like who, who has won with teams before. Tyrod, exactly. Nathan Peterman has it. Nathan Peterman's a second year quarterback teaching no. a first year quarterback. And then imagine if AJ McCarron would have stayed. What is he going to learn from AJ McCarron, who backed up Andy Dalton? The for only four thing years? I'll say about AJ McCarron is, like you said, four years of experience. He also went to a bigger football school than Josh oh, Allen. Yeah, so Alabama. going to Alabama, he Alabama played starter. better teams. In college, so I think he was more prepared. Where did Nathan Peterman go to college? Couldn't even tell Couldn't you. Couldn't tell you. I could tell you Josh Allen went to Wyoming, Wyoming. and that's why it's a problem for me. Because the leap between Wyoming opponents and NFL opponents might be the biggest we've seen for a quarterback who started as a rookie. Maybe Carson Wentz, but he is North Dakota State. But that was just raw talent right there, and you picked also, a division. Yeah, Carson two. Wentz came in and blew all that away. He said, exactly. I don't care where you think I went to school. I'm here now. Exactly. He's also cleared for week three, so NFL look out. Thank God. But um, Josh Allen, I think, does have a cannon of an arm, but it needs to be controlled, and he is not ready for the starting position. But it looks like they're going to roll with it anyways. How about Patrick Mahomes? I know we're going to oh do a preview, goodness, but I yeah. forgot about Patrick Mahomes. The youngest quarterback to... Scores six touchdowns in a game at 23 years old. Patrick Happy Mahomes, birthday, by the way. I'm going to go ahead and, and put him with the rookie class because his first year starting. He has the best scenario by far because, look, he Without got a, a year doubt. behind Alex Smith, who is a great leader. And honestly, it sucks that he keeps bouncing around. One of the around. best he, regular season He almost won a Super Bowl with the Niners before they got benched for Kaepernick. Yep. He did great with the Chiefs. He'll do fine with the Redskins because he's Alex Smith. He's very good. Pat Mahomes has so many weapons. You look at Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest player in the league. Kareem Hunt, who is an excellent running back. Travis Kelsey, who's a top five tight end. And the Chiefs have a great offensive Sammy line. Sammy Watkins isn't Sammy that Sammy Watkins bad. is a solid slant receiver. He had like, he had like 50 yards, which exactly. is good. But um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is probably in the best scenario because the defense isn't terrible. It's not bad. It's not great. But it'll, it, it'll make sure like they get you on the field so you can score. And he's making the most of that time right now because you saw Tyreek Hill go off in week one, and now you see Mahomes going off. And I think sitting him for a year was the best move they could do because last year I remember being with you in the draft room for one-on-one, and them trading up to get him was a complete surprise, but it all looks like it was a part of a plan. Here's what I'm interested to see. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech, right? Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield also went to Texas Tech before he came to Oklahoma. That's right. So they have a similar – Cliff Kingsbury is a, is a very good college coach. And so we saw that Mahomes had Texas Tech plus one year in the NFL, and he looks great. Yeah. So what does two years at Texas Tech, two years at Oklahoma plus 
We'll see how long on the Browns do for Baker Mayfield. That will say a lot about the Chiefs and the Browns if one year does Mahomes a lot better than did Mayfield. Oh my God, exactly. Because Mahomes wasn't even in the Heisman discussion when he was a senior, and Mayfield seemed to be every year, despite the fact that Mahomes is a better dual-threat quarterback, has a bigger arm, accuracy. Baker Mayfield looked pretty accurate his senior year. Mahomes has a bigger ceiling, though. Oh, absolutely, because he's... He had just has so much potential, I think, and Kansas City is going to be good for a long time because Hunt's young, Mahomes is young, and Hill is young. And, you know, they might win a playoff game this year. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but before we get into kind of week three preview, let's talk about the Giants and the Ravens because I've noticed a common theme right here. Week two, well, week one is a different story. We both had different like kind of scenarios, but at least for the Giants, week one and two had two things in common. They couldn't close out games, and the Ravens experienced that too against the Bengals. And when they amounted comebacks, it was too little, too late. You couldn't really do anything about it. What the hell is going on here? I, I can see with, the despair. We'll start with the, the Ravens because I have a lot to say about the Giants. Okay, so Flacco, Big difference from week one and week two. Week two, 58%, 376 yards, two touchdowns, who two is, turnovers. Who was their week one opponent? The the Bills. The Bills. And the defense mainly dominated that. So, And even in those stretches, Flacco threw a touchdown to Sneed, to Brown, to Crabtree, which is amazing. Alex Collins got a lot of action rushing in week one. Week two, I pointed out on the last podcast, they did not rush him nearly as enough because they probably had to rest him. But then you bring in Buck Allen for third downs. Buck Allen is not a third down running back. Alex Collins is because he can get you a first down, whether it's second and nine or third and two. And you need that kind of versatility. And Buck Allen's not going to get you that. That's what I said. I'll agree with you that Alex Collins is very good and should be a three down back. Here's what I'm going to disagree. The problem is defense. Oh, I was going to get Last year, that. the defense was elite. Oh for, and I'm talking like like the, peop, the elite that people think Joe Flacco is elite. It looked great. They were <laughs> the, the top-rated top fantasy defense. And they had takeaways. They were scoring on pick sixes. It was great. They gave up four touchdowns to Andy <sighs> Dalton. Three in the first half to A.J. Green. A.J. Green's always had her number. How does that happen? How does it happen? It's because Brandon Carr is out. Uh, not Brandon Carr. Jimmy Smith is out. Brandon Carr can't cover A.J. Green. Marlon Humphrey can't uh, cover A.J. Green. Tavon Young can't cover A.J. Green. And C.J. Mosley's out, so you don't have a pass rush. And then your defensive line is getting chewed up by Mixon on second and nine. And it's just it's just a shit show. And we don't have, like, our leaders, a.k.a. Jimmy Smith and C.J. Mosley, who have been the most aggressive on defense. And that's what happens. You let A.J. Green just absolutely destroy you because Jimmy Smith and A.J. Green is a great matchup on paper. And it's a great matchup every time we get to see them. But when you eliminate that, A.J. Green's going to tear you up. Boyd is going to tear you up. Mixon tore us up. Even Giovanni Bernard, who got limited touches, was still converting first downs for them. I think you look at the division in the AFC, and you obviously put the Browns at the bottom, and then when you look at it before the season, you said Bengals, oh and then it'll be Ravens, Steelers, one or two, as it seemingly always is. The Bengals are 2-0, and oh, and then the rest of the division is... 1-1. One and one. Well, 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 one and one, and, and then oh, and, oh, and losses. One, oh, one and one. The Browns, the Browns and the Steelers have the same record. Oh my God. I think, and, and don't freak out, I think Andy Dalton is going to have his best year of his career this year. Why? I think Joe Mixon, in his second year as a running back, assuming he's healthy, I know he got hurt at the end of the game, is going to open up more opportunities for him to pass to great receivers he has. A.J. Green, we know, is top five. John Ross is the fastest guy at the combine two years we did ago. A good, we did a good job you know, shutting down John Ross. I thought the Ravens should have gotten him two years ago, but they didn't. If Tyler Eifert, who was, was a pro bowler, can stay healthy, 
the Bengals offense looks pretty good. He looks pretty damn good in week two because he, he was able to chew up our linebackers. And that was the problem. Boyd and Eifert were, were chewing up our linebackers. And I agree with you that he has a lot more weapons than he did a year ago. I'm going to ask you this about the Ravens. How do you feel about the way they're currently using Lamar Jackson? I am in the minority, and I think it's great because I think anyone overreacting and saying that Lamar Jackson needs to start now needs to stop. They need to stop it because he's not ready. Flacco needs to be motivated, which I went into in the last podcast. I think Lamar has a lot of upside, a lot of potential, a lot of raw talent that needs to be trained. Much in the way that they the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes, I think is the perfect route to go with Lamar. Flacco's going to be your number one. And you can tell by the way he was playing that he knows he's not going anywhere. But what do you do with Lamar? I like having him out as a distraction because it worked. I like having him on QB draws, even if he gets, you know, one yard, because he'll he'll learn, he'll learn how to face that against a first team. And I think the big thing is you kept Robert Griffin III on that roster for a reason. So him and Lamar could flip the two and the three, and Robert Griffin III could take Lamar to the side, be like, listen, kid, I was once a top-round draft pick too. Here's what you do to not get hurt and still be a good mobile quarterback. I think keeping RG3 is such an underrated move because the value of having a veteran QB on the sideline while your starter doesn't even have to be there. He's playing. You can say, look what he's doing right now. Exactly. You, you don't have to wait for the starter to come back and look at you know pictures on the tablets with him. He's a coach. Exactly. RG3, people forget he was a really good player. He was amazing. And he, I honestly think the two things that derailed his career were injuries and then going to Cleveland. Just because I yeah. think that he, he, he deteriorated, honestly. I think Lamar Jackson is interesting because he was the one quarterback who, taken in the first round, you say he absolutely should not be starting because he had the best situation in front of him because Joe Flacco is entrenched in that starting spot and he should yep. be until Lamar Jackson is either ready or until we trade or Joe Flacco retires or is traded. But at the same time, he's the one guy who you say, you know, he has to play. Like he, he's fast, he can throw, you know, he can he, run. He's smart. And, he's got a cannon, dude. And yeah, and one of the biggest things that accurate. you rest rookies for or not start them is you want to develop their arm strength because that's an NFL thing and you want to develop their mind. But if you put Lamar out there and just say, look, run the ball, don't let it go, he's that's what he did his whole career at Louisville, I know, because he def- killed Duke that's every lot, time they played him. That's very different, though, on an NFL scale. You can't just do that. I think that they already teams already wanted him to play running back, so essentially he is playing running back. He, I know he has about, way. about 50 yards passing through two weeks, but like he's a fine running back for them who's <laughs> going to be their new quarterback. By when, do you think? I give it a year because then Flacco still has two years on his contract. You can flip that because it's not 125 mil that anyone has to pay. You can flip that and give it to a team who needs a quarterback. I'm not thinking Cleveland. Maybe Arizona if Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford don't pan out. Maybe You're giving up on Josh Rosen already? I am because he <laughs> hasn't even played a goddamn snap, and they would have brought him in because they're doing terrible. I think the Dolphins, if Tannehill gets hurt again, and if this, I don't think Drew Brees isn't going to retire until he dies, but the Saints. How old is Joe Flacco? He's or, early yeah. 30s, right? He is here. Say table we'll, that. We'll fact, fact check that right now. Um, 33. 33, so you, you just, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's getting he's, up there, but at the there. same time, he has plenty of good years Give left him to the Bills! It, def- it depends on the, how the Ravens do this year. Give him to the Bills! They're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna be like an Alex Smith situation where no matter what, he's out to, no. to move in Mahomes. If 
Flacco leads them to the playoffs and maybe farther and better, they're going to stick with Flacco as they should. So it yeah. really depends on how Flacco does with the time he has remaining in Baltimore. I'm not one of these Flacco's hate, Flacco haters. I don't think he's God on earth or elite, but I think he's still a top half quarterback in the league. I agree with that. Because he's reliable, he can win you games. When he wants to, he can give a shit about the game. And when he's given the right weapons, which he hasn't been for the past three years, you got to think, who was the number one receiver for the Ravens after Anquan Bolden left? Uh, Marlon Brown. Whatever his name, what what is his name? Kamar Aiken was our see, number one uh, receiver. The debate between Steve Smith and Michael Irvin after that game. I did. I, I saw it before though. Irvin, I saw it before. Yeah, Irvin said like, so you finally have a receiver to trust now. Who was he talking about? Steve Smith was our number one, and he was great, but he was old. He said Crabtree. He said this is the first time you've had a receiver, or Flacco's had a receiver he can trust since Anquan uh, Bolden. And Ooh. Steve Smith, Steve Smith, Steve Smith took offense to that as he should because Steve Smith was a very good receiver. Great, Granted, very great, especially in Carolina, and he did great things in Baltimore. But even then, Flacco was prepping people like Kamar Aiken and Marlon Brown over him, and Mike Wallace, who was old. Jeremy Macklin, well, who was a Well, that's because you just named three not-cutting Jeremy Macklin players who are fast, and you know Joe Flacco has a big arm, likes to throw it deep. Steve Smith is more of a get-the-ball-and-let-him-do-what-he-wants-to-do-because-he's-quick. Which Flacco didn't really know how to handle when he came there. Granted, and now you have Michael Crabtree, who's great in all scenarios, I think. He's Cost a very— my fantasy matchup. It's fine, because it's it's fine. None, neither of us are bitter. But you have Willie Sneed, who can be your, your, you know, your slant-route guy, your quick uh, third-and-three, get him a first down. You have John Brown, who we can bomb it to, because you saw in that 45-yard completion Completion through a cornerback's hand, John Brown, who scored two touchdowns as well. I think adding John Brown was big because you have the guys that you know. You know, Mike, or Michael Crabtree is the number one receiver. You know, Sneed can be reliable. You know, reliable as the second guy, but you need a slot guy who can run any route. He has, he knows. You know, he can catch the deep pass, and you know, John Brown can do that. You got to get under Joe Flacco's throws when he throws deep, and John Brown can be that guy. Exactly, and that'll be like a Tory Smith. Because Anquan was never the street guy. Anquan was the guy when you were in the red zone, you would catch, you would find him open in the back of the end zone, and he would catch it. He had the, the gloves that would stick to the ball, much in a way that I think Kirk Cousins is doing with Stephon Diggs. But the difference is Stephon Diggs can catch a 40-yard pass. Anquan Bolden can catch a 20-yard pass. And I thought Anquan Bolden was great, but I think John Brown can be the next role of Torrey Smith, where he can air it out deep he can lay out for balls he can also just you know he's he's quick he's fast as hell and i think he's a good receiver that a lot of people slept on when we picked him up but now he's becoming a slow fan favorite i think yeah john brown is a receiver that you want on your team and you don't want to see him on the other team exactly and we play denver this week and we'll go into who um the Bri- the Jow- uh, the bryans the jowns <laughs> the giants play as well but we play denver and i feel pretty good about that matchup other than the pass rush against Joe Flacco. I think they're going to force him to make, you know, quick throws, quick decisions. I think Alex Collins, is, if you have him on your fantasy team, I'd sit him. I don't think he's going to do that well unless the, the line really shapes up and Ronnie Stanley comes back and Yonda does his job. And Orlando Brown Jr., who was forced into the spot at right tackle, can get it done too. I think our defense needs to force Case Keenum into making bad throws and we need to shut down Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Broncos look surprisingly good. They do look really good, especially their defense, which surprises nobody. But Case Keenum being more or less seamless in that offense, and Royce Freeman as well, who nobody thought would. Yeah, and then Lindsey, too, the rookie. Lindsey is 
the only running back in the league with over 100 scrimmage yards and and through two games That's each nuts. game. No, there's four. There's four actually. Uh, Peterson, Lindsey. I don't remember the other two. Might have been Kamara. Maybe Kamara and Gurley. Maybe. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But Lindsey. And so him and Freeman are turning into a one-two punch the likes that Denver hasn't seen since Noshawn Moreno was the, oh my their God. best running back. Noshawn Moreno. I remember that guy. Because they went through Monte Ball, C.J. Anderson, a bunch of guys. C.J. Anderson they even, couldn't stay hurt. They Jamal played, Charles they, played, they had this um, year. Uh, Jawan Williams. He went to Duke. I think it was Jawan Williams. And they, they were playing guys who had no business being starting running backs just because their running game was so inconsistent. Exactly. And they finally have two people who look good, and that gives Case Keenum more time, and Case Keenum is not a bad quarterback. But I think one thing the Ravens can do on defense, I think, or rush defense, other than, excuse me, other than Joe Mixon, who only ran for like 50 yards, granted, I think they can shut down Freeman and Lindsey, as you said. I think if they do that and they give Flacco enough time to be on the field to the point where he isn't exhausted, or the vice versa to the point where the defense isn't exhausted, then they can pick up the win. And we're at home. Baltimore's great at home. But now we'll move to the Giants. You guys lost twenty to thirteen on Sunday night to the to the Cowboys. How does it feel? I'll let I'll let you have have the floor here, man. All right. So I'm gonna start with this. Nate Solder signed a four-year, $62 million with $35 million guaranteed this offseason. That's a new contract for Nate Solder, which is great. I loved it. Offensive line was terrible. Let's add one of the best left tackles in the game. Fine. Yeah. So the first possession of the game, you know Dallas throws a long bomb. Tavon Austin, that was just Janoris Jenkins. He slipped. It happens. The safety wasn't there. Whatever. Move on. So you get to fourth and inches at the 49-yard line, about midfield. You have a shiny new running back, a shiny new offensive line or tackle and a quarterback who's a veteran enough to know where to go on QB sneaks, and they punted it. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, so you draft a running back with number two. You give $40 million guaranteed to a left tackle who's getting up there in age, but still very good. The Cowboys and you notorious punt the ball for a good offensive on line. fourth and inches at midfield. And you have Dak Prescott who can do QB sneaks. We're talking about Eli Manning. But oh, that's what I meant. My yeah. bad. Um, Eli can still do them. Yeah, and he did them. And I just think at that point, that's when I realized the Giants' offense was going to be like it has been, and it's just unpredictably disappointing. And so you move on from that possession, and you have – there's a reason Saquon Barkley had the most catches in Giants history. He had 11 catches. Yeah. Because they had nothing else to throw except for underneath because there's no protection for Eli. You saw that meme on Twitter. He looked scared. <laughs> I would too. Probably if, was. If Eric Flowers was my right tackle, I would look like that too. It's just disappointing because year after year, the offensive line stays bad, and you draft a running back thing, sing, saying, hey, whole run will give Eli more time to throw because he'll have to play the run. If he can't run because there's no blocks, then it's not going to work. I mean, I don't think Eli did bad. 279, averaged 6.3 yards per pass, one touchdown, no picks. But. Like you said, he doesn't have any protection. He got six sacks on him, too. And what do you think went wrong there? I mean, it started when the starting center, John Jalapio, broke his ankle in the uh, second quarter. It just it, You saw every play. And I mentioned this to you a little while ago we were, while we were eating dinner, but what play did they do the best on? What drive? It was right before the onside kick when they had a 30-yard touchdown to Evan Ingram on that long drive. And why did they do so well? Because every play, Dallas rushed three or four and then dropped into coverage instead of blitzing five or six because they knew that they just had to protect the, the sidelines, make them take a lot of time to score, and just not let them move the ball down the field, which I, obviously yeah. they failed at. But they gave Eli more time, and he is 
a good decision maker, as we know, when he's not under pressure, and that's why they look so good. So if you just take the pressure from the rush off of Eli, you realize he's not that bad. He's still a no, good quarterback. He's still very reliable in the same sense that we could talk about Flacco being reliable too, except nobody's coming for Eli's job. And one of the things here worth noting is Odell Beckham was really a non-factor, 51 yards on four receptions, no touchdowns, and Saquon out-received him, I guess. Do you think that the Giants were forced to throw it to anyone but Odell? I think so, but it's interesting because you go look at the Cowboys scouting report and defense doesn't pop at you. Their defense isn't that good. You have Mm -hmm. Demarcus Lawrence, who's a very good pass rusher. But in coverage, they're not a great you know, defensive secondary team. Whereas Jacksonville last week, Odell had 11 catches for 150 yards. So my question is what Odell happened? Odell cost me my fantasy Exactly. Game well, well it's, fine. it's tough to play against the Odell. The way of the road. This week, it was tough to play with Odell. Um, <laughs> and you look at that and you say, well, was it Jacksonville's defensive line? And it honestly was. You look at them and say, this is a good defensive line, but they just couldn't get pressure on Eli. Let the routes develop. Odell gets open because that's what he does. He gets open. He's a great route runner. And that just didn't happen this week because the Cowboys got pressure on Eli. He had quick throws. And that's, you know, he even fumbled one when he got hit. That cost us three. It was just a lot of bad things compounding. We know Skip Bayless is probably jumping for joy at the fact that the Cowboys beat the Giants at home, which seems like it didn't happen for forever ago because the Giants usually have their number at home uh, when, when the Cowboys are home. What would you tell Skip Bayless right now if you had a chance? I mean, just go, Other than fuck go watch the Cowboys week one game. They looked atrocious against Absolutely the Panthers. Terrible. They looked terrible. That game dragged on, dude. Exactly, yeah. Zeke, I think we're realizing now that Zeke is not as good as we thought he was because the O-line was so good his rookie and, and sophomore year, but now the O-line is starting to fall apart. Travis and Dak Frederick also is had, hurt. Tyron Jones yeah. is hurt. They just don't look as good, and Zeke doesn't look as good. And Dak now, also had Witten and Brian. Exactly, on the line and Des so. or Des, yeah, Des is going like you said. Dak's losing weapons. The Cowboys' offense is not that good. They scored With Tavon 20, Austin. They scored Austin is their twenty receiver. points. Terrence Williams. Yeah, they have Tavon Austin. I think they still have Terrence. Alan Williams. Hearns. Alan Hearns, who at one point was a number one receiver in Jacksonville when Robinson was hurt. Oh but, God. <laughs> um, I just think that. It's really, it was really a case of the Giants' defense wasn't there to play. The Cowboys aren't that good a team. No, and I think they're going to finish in the bottom half of their division, if not the bottom, because Washington's looking pretty good. This was you know, an underrated huge game for how early it was in the season because you look at week one, Philly and Washington both win, but week two, Philly and Washington lose. So you have two 0-1 teams playing with the rest of the division at 1-1. So the winner is tied for first. The Who did they lose to? Washington. Washington. It was close. Trying to think, but we'll Washington looks pretty good, dude. Yeah, they did lose this week. They lost to Indianapolis uh, right, 21 right, right. 9, but, you know. AP looked really good in week one, not so much in week two. Um, Alex Smith, we said this earlier, is a good quarterback. He has weapons. He's got Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder. I just think that with a chance to, you know, I guess, an underrated, because the winner of this game is tied for first at 1 and 1. Yeah. And the Giants just weren't there to play, and the Cowboys who seemingly always put well in Jerry's world, were there to play. Odell was hyped. He always He's always hyped to play in primetime. Wasn't there. Couldn't get the ball to nope. him. It and Odell has his problems with his foot in his own mouth sometimes. But when you look at it, Alex Smith didn't get any touchdowns, and he threw for 292. And Luck, while only throwing for 180, threw for two touchdowns. And you kind of saw that uh, – you kind of saw that uh, T.Y. Hilton, Andrew Luck old connection right there. One of Luck's touchdowns coming from T.Y. Do you think Andrew Luck is back in Indianapolis? To kind of switch it over. 
he has to be because if you say no, you're saying, well, they were better before. And who, Jacoby Brissett. Who, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. I think Scott Tolzien started a couple games. Well, rather and, let me phrase it this way. Do you think the Colts have the chance to contend for the AFC South? I think Sorry, so. The highlight videos playing <laughs> in the background. I think that Marlon Mack is going to get healthy, and he's a pretty good running back. I think that you said T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle are solid options for Andrew Luck, who, when healthy, is a top 10 quarterback in this league. And so their defense is, you know, hasn't isn't great, but you said they held Washington to nine points. Indianapolis can still be a good team. It really all comes down to Andrew Luck and if he's 100%, which he's looked pretty good so far. Finger, fingers crossed because I love Andrew Luck. I think he was one he's of the sad stories in the modern-day decade of NFL. And we'll look at some Week 3 matchups. We talked already about the Jets and Cleveland. I That one could be a toss-up. I think the Jets will squeak it out, though. I don't really know what the line is. It's only Monday. Your Giants are facing Houston. Do you think the odds are faring well? To both 0-2 teams. Houston looks bad week one, but week two was kind of rejuvenating because you saw the Deshaun Watson to Will Fuller matchup, which we saw a lot last year before Watson went down. When they were healthy and playing together, they Fuller had like 400 yards and like eight touchdowns and nine catches, something like that, because they just had the connection. I think that and they, they were missing Jadeveon Clowney in their last game. So if Clowney's healthy and Watt's healthy, no matter who else is on the defense, they have one of the best defensive units in the league, especially defensive line. Yeah, when it comes down to other matches as well, the Sunday night football matchup is the the Patriots and the Lions. I think the Lions are going to get obliterated, so we don't really have to talk about that one. Not even worth watching. One sleeper matchup that kind of excites me here is the Chargers and the Rams. Because both of these teams mm-hmm. have flashes of potential, I think. The Rams came in as you know favorites to make the Super Bowl, as they should be. They've looked good so far every bit as we expected because they added Cooks. You have Cooper Cup, who's coming into his own. Jared Robert Goff is, Woods still. Robert Woods, who's really fast. Jared, really fast. Jared Goff's getting better every year. Todd Gurley, he's essentially a top two running back, and he's top one with Le'Veon Bell. He, Without he, a doubt. He will be a top two running back for the next five years at least, if he doesn't get hurt. Maybe an offensive MVP. And their defense, oh my God. You sign Donald gets the money, and Domicon Sue is there. You still have... Aqib Tlaib. Aqib Tlaib, who's having a great twilight of his career, even at his age. And then... Sean McVay, I'm sure you saw the video where they asked him about specific plays and what happened. He's an outstanding football mind and clearly a great coach who guys love to play for. I think they said they have some. And he's young. I think thirty-one Akeem, years Akeem, old. Akeem right? is older than Sean McVay, which is hilarious. Which is ridiculous. Is Sean McVay thirty, I think. And then their defensive coordinator is Wade Phillips, right? Yeah, he's like Wade eighty-nine. Phillips. So and he <laughs> coached just... and he coached the Cowboys to the playoffs in the Romo heyday. Thirty-two years old, Sean McVay. Good Lord. So I think in terms of just general upside for any team in the NFL, the Rams have that. But the Chargers are looking pretty good too, though. I think Phillip Rivers has always been underrated, and it's just because the Chargers weren't good when they were in San Diego. Seemingly every year they were just like, oh, Chargers are going to be you know 8-8 eight and eight again or 7-9, and nine, and they always were. Yep. But just like Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon gets better every year, and he's gotten better this year. Philip Rivers looks good. Keenan Allen is a very underrated underrated wide receiver. And he's fast. Exactly. He's fast. He can be a top five receiver at times. I think they re-signed Antonio Gates. I know they, they lost, One year contract, they lost Hunter think. Henry to injury, I think. That's fine. Joey Bosa is still coming back Bosa from injury. Bosa looks really good. I think. I think he was banged up, wasn't he? Joey I, he, I think he definitely missed week one, but I think he played this past week. Yeah, which is which is good because he's your defensive leader. He's the I remember, defensive rookie I remember of the year. seeing him on the active and active list, but I don't remember which side he was on. Either way, I think this is a matchup that a lot of people are going to enjoy. One and one Chargers, two and zero Rams, 
And the Monday night matchup really intrigues me too. It's Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, which I think has the potential to be really interesting if Ryan Fitzpatrick can keep this up. Especially because the Steelers have, I would say the Steelers are a better offensive team on paper than the Buccaneers, and the Steelers are desperate for a win because they, they won week two, right? They won this past week? No, they, they lost. They, they lost to the Chiefs. The Steelers. Right, right. They got smacked. And they by, tied to the Browns. They they put up a lot of points in offense though against the Chiefs. It was they just got out duelled. They think. got out dueled by Mahomes. And so they're desperate for their first win. Obviously, you have a lot going on with Le'Veon Bell not not showing up, and that's a whole other story. James Conner's been fine. James Conner's been great. Juju Smith Schuster had a great week. Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, so there's no He's need to worry gone. about him. The I'd, defense is what worries me too, and they could allow a lot of points given up against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. If Deshaun Watson can blow back, blow past those corners, which I can't name a single star on Pittsburgh's defense other than Ryan Shazier. Yeah, and Ryan Shazier isn't even playing this year. Exactly, he got hurt. <laughs> and, and, um, well, exactly. They have James, they have James Harrison still. J- James Harrison? No, because no, he, he went to he went to New England and retired after. Oh that, right, I, I was confusing him with Terrell Suggs. No, no, no. Terrell, still in the Stug- <laughs> Terrell Suggs is still reliable, but he needs to show up. We already talked about that. But I think this could be a shootout because neither of the team's defenses are stellar. They both have offensive weapons. Obviously, as you said, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, and Deshaun Wa- Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson for. Um, Tampa Bay, and then as you mentioned, Schuster and Brown, and also Jesse James, great wide receiver. Yeah, he's a very he's like a big Ben, and the reason why Heath Miller has such a good career in Pittsburgh because because Roethlisberger loves to look deep, and then when there's not there, dump it down to a tight end, and Heath Miller just caught the ball and made something happen with it, like he turned a three yard catch to a ten yard gain first down, and Jesse James has shown flashes of that. Exactly. Aside from being like the same body type, speed as Heath Miller. Same height, everything. T.J. Like, Miller, he's, uh, yeah, he's literally Heath just Miller Heath Miller reincarnated. Miller, I'm sure Big Silicon Ben loves Valley. that. <laughs> exactly. And I, I mentioned T.J. Watt. I meant to mention T.J. Watt right, on the TJ defense. Watt. And I think he could give Ryan Fitzpatrick trouble on the line. But other than that, I don't know, man. I think this could be potentially really, really, really close. The line hasn't come out yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay was favored at least by four. Yeah, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay comes out of week three undefeated still. So if you had to make one bold prediction about week three for the NFL, what do you think it would be? Mine would be the Browns get their first win against the Jets. All right, I'm going to pull up the full schedule so I can give you an accurate have it right here. You can give me – I can pull it up right here too. I think the the Browns could take – here it is. I think the Browns could take advantage of the Jets even though they might – you know. I have the lines right here. Which one yeah. did you want? Oh, the lines? Yeah. I wanted the line for Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay I, and Pittsburgh. Because I think pa- Tampa Bay will probably be favored by three or four. Where? Oh, uh, Pittsburgh's minus two right now. Are you so kidding favored. me? I, that, that will move. That will definitely move. Yeah, but right now, because it's only, you know, that that's on so Monday. So if, if you're a betting man, put some money on the Buccaneers right now. Put some money on the Bucks as well. What's the line for, um, you know, Cleveland and the Jets? Cleveland's a. Th- we talked about this earlier. They're a three-point favorite because they're the favorite right. for the first time since 2015. That's right. We said that on the podcast, though. All right, Cleveland will win their first game of the season on Thursday against the Jets because the Jets can't do anything right except for Sam Darnold, who looked pretty good. That's our collective hot take right there, and I think that'll wrap up this podcast with Matt Holzaffel. Do you have anything you want to plug? This will be your moment. If you have anything you want to plug, go for it. Um, you need a job. <laughs> yeah, if you are uh, sports broadcasting, if you're ESPN, listen to this. Hire both of us, please. 
Um, we're, we're the best duo in sports. I'm oh, not yeah. even kidding. 101 Sports is on YouTube. Also, WSOE radio show starting on Wednesday. Yeah, so what, do you, what do you do for WSOE? Gonna, I'm the sports director, so mostly that's one-on-one's radio show. So basically the same as this. And who hosts that? That ho- Who hosts the radio show? Yeah, that would be I mean, you, Technically, it? I host it, but... You open it up to anybody. Yeah. So Dude, if that Wednesday night slot, that. if that Wednesday night slot was open for me schedule wise, I'd be all over that. But that's why I do this. That's why I do the game. Thank you, Matt, for coming on. Follow One on One Sports on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube so you can see our pretty faces as well. We're both looking a little scruffy today, but we're in the studio we'll tomorrow. Gone by tomorrow. Exactly. To talk more Vontae Davis. To talk more than just football, NBA. I think we have MLB playoff as well. So by the time this goes live, it might be up. It might be past filming. But, you know, watch one-on-one sports. It's the best TV show in Elon's repertoire, I think, Agreed. right now. Yeah, no matter how much we have to talk about the Knicks. Exactly. Thank you, Evan Avenstein, for making us talk about the Knicks. But that is all for us here at the game. Goodbye and good night.